Let's Define Win, a podcast for everyday horse enthusiasts to laugh, commiserate, and learn that life is all about how you define wins. Episode 21. Much like my 21st birthday. I don't remember what we're going to talk about. (laughs) Just kidding. My 21st birthday was spent in a van on a road trip for school. It was pretty enlightening. I have an advanced calc final on my 21st birthday, <laughs> and it was awful. I cried. Maybe instead of our 21st birthday, episode 21 is going to be a lot like 2021. <laughs> just guns ablazing. Guns ablazing, just pedal to the metal because you just don't know what's coming. Exactly, and we're done with the bullshit. We are done. Yeah, that might be the title. Done with bullshit. Yeah. I think something that we wanted to talk about this week, um, initially at least, was kind of like a rally cry, if you will, for the middle class. And I guess stepping back from that, when we talk about like the middle class, if you will, to us, it's kind of like, at least to me, and maybe hopefully it is to you, but it's kind of like anyone who's not the top, like top, the five, like the 5% that we always refer to, like the same, like 15, 20 trainers, horses, exhibitors, all that stuff. Anyone, I guess, who's got big goals, has an average budget, and that deficit they've got to make it up for in hard work, interest, talent, drive, motivation, that whole thing. I think that's kind of what we mean when we say middle class. We don't necessarily reference like an actual financial income. Yeah. Right. (laughs) We're not about that. (laughs) Right. So I think, you know, initially we started out with like a rally, you know, a rally cry, here we go, like, let's give them a shout out. And I think all that, so I think what it kind of comes down to is still that like rally cry, right? But also like in part of it, like the understanding that there's more people out there that are like us. And then also there's more support, I think, than what we would have, at least I initially expected. And I think that's, we all kind of like wanted to wrap that up in like one big reminder message going into the show season. Yeah. And I I think the part that's hard about it is, yeah, there may be support, but I think it's largely silent support. You know, like you never see anything on social media about it. You know, like all you see on social media is the top 5%, the top 1%, you know, whatever, whatever we're referring to, because that's, that's what sells magazines. That's what, you know, the big saddle makers, the big clothing makers, you know, they pay lots of money for ads to go into that magazine. They want to see people wearing their clothes or using their products, you know, and so that's what gets highlighted, you know, all the people who are winning at the big circuits, who are winning at the world shows, who are, and and rightfully so, like, just because, you know, some people have more expensive horses, more expensive tech, more expensive clothing. And that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be highlighted. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that should be the reason they're highlighted. Yeah. Do you get where I'm going with that? Yeah, I do. I like that. I think that's fair. Like, I think it, it kind of comes back to like embracing. I think we've talked about it a lot, so I don't necessarily like want to belabor it, but you know, like we talk about like hard work can beat out, you know, money and all that. 
Yeah. I mean, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Exactly. You know, like, and again, like, I think the point that we've said numerous times is you don't have to have the $10,000 saddle, the jacket that doubles your weight because it's dripping in Sarwaski crystals when you put it on. You don't have to have that high five figures horse, you know, like, if you have all those things, but zero talent and zero work ethic, then you're not going to win. You know what I mean? Like you need to have that work ethic, have that drive, consistently work on perfecting your craft in order to be successful. And sometimes that's just a lot harder when you maybe don't have all the resources yet, or you don't um, have all of the knowledge yet. Like you have to get super creative in order to gain that next level, entry into that next level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think just embracing, you know, coming where you've come from. Right. Um, and just soaking it up. Cause no one, no one likes anyone who's, if you're interested in something and someone else just, you know, acts like it's nothing, you know, they're just, Oh, I hate you know, that. World champion after world champion, you know, it's just like, oh, it's just another one. Oh, it's just whatever show. Like, be a sponge and like soak it up. And I think that's what the people who, what we're calling middle class, have going for them so much and why there is so much support for them, right? Like, you know, you go to these lessons and you soak up, you go for what you want to learn and what you intend to learn. And then you try to take as much out of that as possible. And like, same with a show, right? You know, how you look at a show is it could be literally just a horse show, or it could be a horse show, a learning experience, and, you know, a place for you to watch other exhibitors and learn from them too. I think it's just getting as much possible out of, getting as much possible out of an experience is something that really is important. Yeah. I mean, the situation is always going to be what you make it out to be, you know? So if you just go into it, like, "Mm, it's just a weekend show, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's like, some people definitely think that. And some, cause some people go to a show every weekend versus other people kind of have to pick and choose. And I think when you're at that stage, it makes each show super important and super impactful. And I think those are the kind of people that think of this as an opportunity, not a, not necessarily a right, you know? So I have the opportunity to go this weekend and, you know, practice my horsemanship skills. I have the opportunity to get feedback in my showmanship. I have, you know, like all of these opportunities versus, I think some people roll up to the show and think like, well, I'm here, you're welcome. You know, like, and they just, they see it as more of a right to get to show. Yeah, that's a good point. I think people kind of draw, you know, a lot of people say horseback riding is a sport and wherever you land on that, that's fine. But, you know, using that analogy going forward, you know, you have to earn your playing time. You know, you have to earn your way off the bench. You know, you don't start out as a starter, as a freshman, right? And I think you've hit on a really important point that I don't think we've really ever touched on is like right versus opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important, right? Like, especially if you have like a, a tough go of it one season, or if you've only got one horse and something happens or whatever, you really start to appreciate every single opportunity that you're given. Yeah, no, I, I think that once you start thinking of it as every show is an opportunity to 
perfect your craft or to learn how not to do something or to learn, hey, maybe your horse does not like banners and you never knew that until you went to a show with banners. You're like, oh, cool. Glad I learned that before I was, you know, loping down the rail of the world show and there's going to be banners there. You know, whatever it is, like those are all really important things that you get the opportunity to learn at horse shows. And I think once you lose that mindset that, wow, this is an opportunity. Wow, this is something that I have put in hours of my time, countless resources, both financially, physically, whatever it is. Once you start to lose that mindset, I think that's when you're done. You know, because at the end of the day, like, why... Why are you showing horses if it's not a means to bring you fulfillment? Because, I mean, we're not out here getting rich. I can tell you that. Like, I am already like, oh, wow, this show season is hitting hard, and it has not even started yet. <laughs> like, just just thinking about it makes my wallet sweat a little bit. And so the, so, again, it goes back to why are you doing it? Well, I enjoy the opportunity to grow. I think it's really cool to be able to campaign a young horse. I think it's really cool to meet new people, continue to spend time with the people that I've met growing horse, showing horses that I love. You know, what? what's, what's the piece that gets you going? And if you're thinking about, well, I have to go to the show this weekend or why, well, you know, I have to keep showing the all around because I'm leading it or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> like... I have to go show this show so I can have my whatever consecutive win or whatever. Yeah, I have to go show this weekend so that way I can be national horse of the year again and whatever. It's like, okay, at the end, of, I mean, that's super cool. Like, you know, you know, I getting those things is so cool, but the plaque is just going to be a like I have a plaque just sitting on my mantle that I look at every day and I'm like, hmm, okay, cool. You know, like if you look at it and see like all of the hours you put into all of the lessons, all of the times your horse has thrown a shoe, all of the times you've, you know, learned a really hard lesson at the show or at home. Like that's what you should be thinking about when you look at the plaques, not like, yeah, well, I did well, so I, sh I deserve that. Yeah. And I think another thing too, that's important to keep in mind, right? Just besides like where you've been and where you're going to in at least relation to the middle-class aspect is I think more people, I think there's more people that fall into that category than what people would expect. You know, people, you know, whether it's, you just don't know they exist because um, they're busy doing their own thing, right? whether that's working their nine to five, busting their own stalls and all that stuff, or it's, you know, someone you just didn't expect that was middle-class and they just come off as like this perfectly polished, like absolute dime piece. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it turns out that they are, they just have been working really hard at it forever. Yeah. So. No, and I think that's cool. And again, like, I think those are the things that we need to be highlighting, you know, like we all know why the things that are highlighted we all, we all know why the things that get highlighted are highlighted, but it's not like, it's not what we want to see. Everyone loves a good underdog story. Exactly. Like it's not inspiring, I guess is the word I'm going to say, but like, 
nothing brings me more like joy or fulfillment than like seeing this family show up at the horse show and it's like a mom and daughter whomever and you can tell that a mom and assuming a father but whatever like worked so hard all week just to like send their kid to this horse show and like they're there they're supporting one another the mom's getting the horse ready the kids are getting the horse ready whatever it is and they go in the pen and the parent is so proud and the kid is so proud and they're like this is what we're doing together like this is what's bonding us you know like that is what and like the best part is is the kid comes out like super pumped and before they even like announce the placings yeah like they're happy to be like genuinely happy to be there like I know you and I joke about that all the time and we're like well, just happy to be here. But like those people are genuinely happy to be at the horse show. You know, like that's the piece that we should be highlighting. And like, those are the stories that I think are important. Cause again, why are you, why are you showing horses if it's not like bringing you some sort of personal fulfillment? And maybe you know, having to get a second truck to carry home all of your trophies and butt buckles is fulfilling to you. That's great. Honestly, probably jealous if you can't hear that in my tone, but (laughs) you know, like why? What is, what is the point? Right. But I think a point kind of that you're hitting it like this industry, like this pastime, and we've talked about it time and time again, is like, it's judgmental, it's cutthroat, it's whatever you want it to be, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really not whatever you want it to be. I don't know why I felt compelled to say that, because it's not. It's like judgmental. It's, you it's pay, pay a judge, right? It's draining. Um, but like at the end of the day, it comes down to why are you here, why are you here and why do you enjoy it? And I think that is important. I think that's a large aspect of what the middle class has going for them in this industry, right? Um, I think another thing that people really talk about too lately, at least complain about, and rightfully so, is that like the industry is just like dying, I guess, for lack of a better word there. But like they can't get like new people in. And I think a lot of that is because, you know, we don't highlight the middle class people that are doing things that are the average person that like yeah. everyone else pertains to. Yeah, because like when all, when all you see is pictures of the really expensive horses, the really expensive outfits, the really expensive saddles, tack, whatever, your perceived buy-in is so high. So like for the average person and you're like, oh my gosh, like that's what I have to pay to play, like I'm going to go home. You know, like the, the image that we're putting out there is play with the big dogs or don't play at all. And that's truly not the case, you know, like, you, I think you would be hard pressed to find someone, anyone who, um, hopped, stepped on the horse, walked in the pen and won a world championship. You know, like you're not going to find that. Like everyone has started somewhere and, I think if we highlight the stories of, you know, the kid starting out in 4-H on the $400 Shetland pony that ran them into the fence and didn't know it's left from right and they didn't know up and down, but they didn't care. They were just truly happy to be there for the love of the sport. And they grew into this just freaking all-star beast competitor, all-star, like cleaning up. That's what you should highlight because it gives everyone hope. You know, like, and I think highlighting when 
maybe things aren't perfect is really important too. You know, like I understand magazines and social media are supposed to be your highlight reel. Totally get it. It would probably be a little depressing reading a magazine that was all about failure. I don't know. Um, if you had a good writer, maybe it would be fine, but a good joke. Yeah, like a good joke in there, but I think we really should showcase, you know, some of the things that maybe aren't perfect. Because again, that makes people feel more comfortable and they're like, okay, I don't have to be perfect before I step into the pen because you're never going to be perfect. Right. Like, if you think you are perfect, you've got problems. I mean, yeah, then you can go home. Right. There's no point in competing. Like, you know, you're going to win. So, might as well not yeah. bother showing up. It's like, what does it matter? Like, I have, I don't think there's ever been a, a 100 on the scorecard. I really don't. Right. And I think, you know, part of it too is, you know, you, you know, you, you, you show the top, whatever, 5%, because that's an easy starting point to do, right? Like, that's, you know, that's easy, but like, you know, you pick middle of the pack, like, you know, why there, right? Like why, and what is middle of the pack, right? Like it's so easy to talk about the top 10, top 5%, whatever. Yeah. And like, that's so, you know, alienating to the middle class, you right. know, and we're the majority of the industry. And exactly. I think you don't have to go buy, you know, all these things, or maybe you buy it used and it's not a big deal at all, but no one ever tells you that. No, like, again, the middle class is the majority of the industry and we never talk about them. So, like, thank God that they keep showing up. We keep showing up. Like, frick, we're middle class. You know, like, whatever. We are middle class. Thank goodness we're here. <laughs> thank goodness. Awesome. We're continuing to show up. Yeah, and it's like, why, why do you not embrace that? I don't understand. Right. Cause there's a, so, there is so much support out there for the middle class and those mm -hmm. that aren't like that top percent that we talk about, you know, you see some of the viral posts or whatever, whether they get shared or clicked or their articles or whatever, the ones that like are really in the top percents or whatever, the top, the top ones for like a year or so mm -hmm. tend to be like those really good feel good ones. Those comeback stories, like everyone loves a comeback kid or an underdog. Like they're like, it's just unless you're betting on it, which in that mm -hmm. case, I don't know, but. Yeah, i tell you what, 2021 is going to be my comeback year. And if it's not, we're going to delete this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think like, so there's like, you know, you got support obviously from Let's Define Win because we are, we're middle class. And then, you know, class, with, we're proud. Yeah. With that is like the middle class is going to support the middle class because they understand. Mm -hmm. um, they want to you know, everyone, again, goes back to everyone wants an underdog to win. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think trainers too support like underdogs. You see some of the comments like in posts on social media and stuff like that, like people actually like care and want these people to win. I think may not verbalize it. And that's why we're here. That's what this episode's for. Right. We are verbalizing our desire to see you win. And again, I think we need to redefine that. Um, we're not talking about financial resources we're talking about middle class <laughs> yeah I just feel weird the more we say it but it's true like I don't know yeah I, I like because really what we mean by it is like the deficit where the dreams the deficit that is between your dreams and your financial wallet which you have to make up with yeah. an aptitude tail and all that stuff 
Yeah. Um, I think the only people who don't support the middle class winning are the people who don't get enough time in at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, it's the people who are embarrassed that the middle class people beat them. Exactly. If someone feels, if someone's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to phrase it, but like, yeah, if someone just doesn't want you to be there or is rude to you, it's because they probably feel threatened and because they haven't been to the barn and they really need to get their butt to the barn and that's their problem, not yours. Yeah, it's just more in their class. Yeah, you know, like when someone's not excited to see you, doesn't, doesn't clap for you, doesn't whistle for you, that's more about them than it says about you. So, like, be proud that they see you as a threat. Like, that's cool. Yeah. You only, you only get better playing better people. Exactly. Like, why would you show up if you weren't going to be intimidated? You know, I don't know. Like, I think some of my best goes are when I'm intimidated. Like, I'm like, oh, God. You know? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. You don't, like, what's the point of going to a show and competing by yourself? A... I guess maybe you get all around depending on what the show is, but like you got to have other horses to get points for anything like association wise. Mm-hmm. And is, are you really, are you really simulating a show experience if it's just you in the arena? I don't know. I'm not a trainer. I couldn't tell you. There's a lot of things I couldn't tell you. <laughs> there are lots of things I am unaware of. So I think what we've got kind of some takeaways for middle class, right? Mm-hmm. embrace it two there's more of you than you, there's more of us than we think and three there's so much support for it yeah from everyone i mean with the, a few exceptions but that's their problem yeah they're not supporting you it's not your deal it's their deal they whistle for yourself so one thing i'm genuinely a pretty tired person yeah, yeah. That's okay. that's my problem. And it's typically solved by about three or four cups of coffee a day, but that's fine. But one thing that I don't do, because if I were to, I would be even more exhausted, is like constantly spin the negatives about my horse to keep the resale value up high. And I'm not talking like like there's obviously multiple things that you can spin to like keep your horse's resale value high. But like for some people, it is just constant. It could be anything from like having a trailering issue, mm-hmm. you know, to something like, I don't, I don't even know, like drops hay on the floor or like likes to poop when cross-tied. Like these people will find everything from A to Z, the smallest detail to the largest thing and just spin it. <laughs> And I, I couldn't do it. I can't do it. I mean, you guys here on the podcast have heard me. I don't do it. <laughs> I don't think like either one of us do it. I think we're just, I don't know, too honest, too no. brutal. I don't know, man. Like, I think I've sold like one horse in my lifetime, maybe two. Maybe two. And yeah, like everything's going to die in my pasture. So I'm not even going to waste my time <laughs> spinning it. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, but it could be it could be like doesn't like doesn't want a trailer. Oh, that's you know, so and so drove them one time and they just stopped too hard, so now they really you know are very hesitant to get in the trailer. Okay, well that was ten years ago. 
wears bell boots for the fashion statement, not because they rip shoes off every other day. Right, right. <laughs> Stay shooed all year long for on all the shoes with all the things and all the things. It's best for everyone. I, I just like to keep my fair year employed. <laughs> and I'll we're do really, it single-handedly. <laughs> yeah, we're stimulating the local economy by keeping shoes on our horses all year long. Um, we only buy our feed from the local co-op because we're stimulating the economy, um, not because they're allergic to every other feed we've ever tried. <laughs> right. And the 70s supplements that I have them on, they're required. But that's, again, just because my neighbor's the UPS man, so I like to keep him, <laughs> or, yeah, I don't know, like, my brother's the UPS man, and I like to keep him coming by. Well, my UPS man's so nice. I just like to make sure he, I get to see him all the time. Right. Hmm. I only use the slow feed hay nets because they're um, sustainably made, not because, not because my horse will inhale everything else and then colic. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's. We have to trailer him backwards because. Motion <laughs> oh. sickness. It's from when he was young. It's because you know, my husband's a bad driver, and so we have to trailer him backwards. It's really safer for all of us that way. All of us, for sure. Um, there, no, I've seen some really good ones that are like, sees chiropractor regularly to prevent injury. And it's like, um, no, that horse slipped a disc its yearling year, and it's never been the same. <laughs> like, easy to catch because they never get out in the pasture. It's always easy to catch them in a stall. Um, or very dangerous one to two yeah okay likes to chew on the chains that tie them but that's just so that way they don't have to have their teeth filed every year it's really you know a really great likes to cast themselves not because they they like to cast themselves because they do I, I don't even have a good one for that I, I can't even I shouldn't have thrown it out there <laughs> loves kids because they're not a good loper <laughs> Because they're what? Because they're not a good loper. Oh. They don't want to lope anymore. Great small fry walk trot horse. Oh, tons of potential, just not in my barn. <laughs> mm. What would you be if, what would your ad be for a sale horse if you were a sale horse or whatever? I like the one that you were like needs chiropractor regularly. <laughs> that one could be me. That could apply uh. to me. Do I treat myself to it? No, but if, if I was on a sale ad to be bought, you betcha I would. <laughs> you betcha. Um, let's see. If I were sale ad, um, beyond just keep scrolling, probably would be <laughs> would probably be the top. Um, is selected has selective hearing. Um, like easy keeper. E easy keeper, um, sometimes marish, um, does not appreciate being outside for long periods of time or getting sweaty. Does not enjoy intense exercise. Yeah. Has very poor regards for any cardio activity. Um... Barn sour? You betcha if I don't have to leave home, I'm not going anywhere. 
comfortable being a dirt ball. I don't know if that's like something, but like I'm pretty comfortable like just chilling in like workout clothes after working out. I would say I trailer well because I do like seeing new places. I don't like doing things in new places, but I do like to go. Always up for a ride. Love streets. Food motivated. <laughs> Food motivated. We'll do just about anything for an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> what you see is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen that on an ad, but I feel like it could be pretty applicable. Not I feel like it could be a good mm. one. The same every day. You just won't like it. <laughs> That's such a good quality for a horse, but all of a sudden for a person, maybe not. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, approach with caution. <laughs> That's a good one. That's pretty applicable to me, for sure. At least at work. <laughs> Needs to be pastured by herself. <laughs> Enjoys oh. alone time. Yeah. What is it? Um top of the pecking order i'm sure it's usually bottom of the pecking order but whatever the reverse is oh yeah top of pecking order for sure talks a big game <laughs> check talks a big game gets nervous and wimps out later <laughs> known to fake an injury to get out of work or anything yeah uh, yeah, yeah yeah that's a good one manual labor sorry <laughs> not a fan not today. What we can conclude from this session is that if we are ever on Facebook, nope, I don't like how that came out. I think we conclude that if we were ever horses for sale, we should not be over three figures. <laughs> maybe four. We should maybe just be um, free to a good home only. <laughs> yeah, we're pasture buddies. No returns. <laughs> Yeah. Episode 22, the twos coming at you next week. They're going to have some budget friendly dupes and some DIY showing hacks. So stay tuned for those. Make sure you are following the podcast to stay up to date um, on your listening platform as well as every social media platform. Follow us on the Instagram at Let's Define When. We, uh, Typically, always have a funny picture of ourselves doing something, but we keep it a little bit more professional on Facebook. So, fast more your game, like us on Facebook. You know, we uh, actually the content's the same. So, just like us both places. Okay, thanks. The unabridged is here on the podcast. Real raw. Let's define win. Over and out. See you winners next week.